We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from U.S. Bank. U.S. Bank wants to know how you reward yourself because they have cards that make every day more rewarding. Are you a points order, cashback guru, low intro APR lover? With U.S. Bank, it's up to you because they have the cards to fit your lifestyle. So earn more whether you're shopping at a gas station or grocery store, even while planning a staycation. Learn more at usbank.com slash credit card. U.S. Bank credit cards are issued by U.S. Bank National Association N.D. Some restrictions may apply. Member FDIC. You're definitely the president of the Will Bruin fan club this year, um, <laughs> which is a nice turnaround. But... Oh, I hate myself. <laughs> this is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast from Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For player news, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, please visit Rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are Andrew Laird, Skylar Redpath, and J.D. Basso. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. My name is Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Rotowire.com. Joined tonight by J.D. Basso and Skylar Redpath to talk some Major League Soccer. We're going to start off today by giving a big congratulations to J.D. for winning the Portland Timbers Flyaway Contest on DraftKings last week, which... Uh, with <laughs> which we all thought was going to be uh, an experience to see the Timbers in Portland, but apparently, J.D., it is not in Portland. It is in Vancouver. Am I correct? That's correct, and those are probably two of the cities I've most wanted to visit in North America, so pretty excited about that. Have we figured out why they made it a Timbers contest for a game at the Whitecaps? Uh, my guess is that just because they're the reigning MLS Cup champions, they thought it would attract more more mm. attention and more players. But I didn't notice until I won 
that it was in Vancouver. <laughs> but all, all I cared about is that it it had the flight expenses, travel expenses included, because a lot of the, the contests they run don't. Right. And you winning that contest means now I'm the only one on this podcast that hasn't won one of these MLS trips. Because, Skylar, you won one in, uh, to go to Dallas last year. Was that for a, mm-hmm. a Texas uh, Derby? Yeah, it was. It was for uh, da- FC Dallas against Houston. Great time. I mean, I think I mentioned to JD after he won. Uh, everybody at DraftKings MLS, I mean, they treat you like royalty when you win one of these trips. So I'm sure anybody that's won one can uh, vouch for that. But it's a, a great time. You get to meet some of the players. Um, I mean, it's just it's amazing. You you definitely feel VIP. So big congrats to JD. Couldn't have uh, happened to somebody to a better person. So um, now now is the part of the podcast where JD says Andrew or myself get the uh, plus one. <laughs> so oh, unfortunately, uh, I forgot about you guys. Oh, oh man, but, we were two and thanks. three. I'm sure yeah, we were, Skyler. That's definitely, that's definitely right. Well, I did see Andrew last year at uh, Yankee Stadium, so we do have to to get down to see Skyler here soon. Maybe Atlanta United's home opener or something. Yeah, possibly next season. I was gonna say it's next season, right? Yeah. Yep, I'll be down. Uh, this these trips are one of the cool things that uh, a league does with with DraftKings because uh, I don't think any of the others. I mean, I, I'll be honest. I don't play enough of the other sports to to know. But um, Scott, I know you play a little NBA. Do do they do any trips like this for the other sports? I think so. I haven't seen as many uh, like all all inclusive airfare and hotel mm-hmm. type things. I think I've seen a lot more of the local uh, teams kind of gear uh, do things geared more towards uh, local fans um, that type of thing without hotel and without airfare. So. I see a lot of it in NBA. I, I mean, I definitely see some of the big trips, but a lot of that is more uh, qualifier-based mm-hmm. type thing. So it's not just like a one one shot and you you win it. Um, so I think, yeah, I mean, I hope hope we'll see some more of these this season because they're definitely a lot of fun. And, and honestly, it doesn't really feel like there's been as much uh, competition as there should be for the prize that's being offered. So. If you see one up there on the board, then definitely hop in there and, and give yourself a shot at taking one down. Yeah, I'm, I'm curious how many mine, uh, the one I won had in it, because I think when I entered, there was just barely 100, and there wasn't that much time left. Mm-hmm. So, And I know last year there was one for a, a trip to San Jose, flight included and everything, and I think there was like 60 people, and you were allowed to enter, I think, five times or something, so... I mean, your chances are awesome if that happens again. But they have one this week. We were saying on the, uh, before the podcast to be the FC Dallas GM for a day. Uh, it, there's no airfare included, so you got to get yourself to the stadium. But uh, there are 235 entries, and it's a three dollar entry to get in. So anybody who uh, lives, you know, within a driving distance of Dallas, you get to see uh, Dallas against Houston. And um, I, believe, I don't. Now that I'm looking, oh, June 2nd is the, the date of that match. So, I mean, that's that's a pretty cool prize. I, you know, it's uh, we've kind of said that we wish some of the MLS contests were a little bigger, but this is kind of a nice way to, uh, you know, ease that, that concern a little bit just because, uh, you know, these are not necessarily things you spend your money on, but it's cheaper for the league to do that or DraftKings than to pony up the, the $1,000 top prize for, for an MLS con- contest. So. 
certainly a, a nice bonus of playing on DraftKings for this one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so while we're talking about doing well on DraftKings, let's jump into the slate uh, this weekend. We have um, seven games on Saturday and two on Sunday. Uh, there are obviously uh, more of the contests for the Saturday, the bigger Saturday slate. Uh, it also starts at 7 o'clock, which is kind of nice. Uh, am I right? oh, no, I'm sorry, 4 o'clock Eastern. Um, and we kick off with the nice Toronto-Montreal matchup. We saw have seen glimpses of Didier Drogba. He scored a pretty impressive goal last weekend. If he starts this week, uh, JD, how much are you considering uh, Didier Drogba against Toronto? Um, a little bit. I'm <laughs> not going to be all in on Didier Drogba because I, I still don't think he's going to play a full 90 or anywhere close to it, but it is in front of the home crowd. Um against a decent Toronto team defensively. Um, so I, I think his shot at a goal is probably 50-50 or so, maybe a little bit more, just given it, it would be his debut in front of the, the home crowd, first real start of the season. So it's tough to think he'd stay off the board. But with Drogba, I mean, if you take him at 7,300, you're probably wanting two goals. Mm -hmm. So it, it's tough. I would have a little bit of exposure, but I wouldn't go overboard. And Skylar, do you, would you rather... Piatti over Drogba this week? Maybe. Uh, I really like Drogba at that price, though, for 7300 And if he starts, then um, he's definitely a tournament play. Not so sure he's a cash game play. Um, Piatti's maybe a little bit more of a, a cash game play, but even, even Piatti hasn't been bringing some of that cash game upside that mm -hmm. I like. So I'd probably put them about on the same level in terms of you know position for position. Piatti as a midfielder and, and Drogba as a forward. Um, they're probably at about the same uh, strength of a play for me. Um, but I, I actually like Drogba a lot if he starts this weekend just because, he, like J.D. said, he is in front of the home crowd, um, make, possibly making the first start. So he only needed six minutes um, this <laughs> past weekend to bag the equalizer. So um, just kind of a reminder of how deadly he can be and – I think even if he doesn't go the full 90, we've seen before how quickly he can rack up goals and fantasy points. So he's definitely on my radar if he starts. I like Piotti a lot this weekend. I think I like him significantly more than Drogba when it comes down to for the value. Uh, and I thought Piotti was the best player on the field last week in Chicago. He scored that great winner uh, right at the end. And um, I, I think the stats are going to kind of pick up a little bit, especially now that he's going back to, to the home field. Yeah, I think both of them are going to be pretty popular pickups this week in FMLS too because they've got a double next week where uh, their double is at New York City and home against Colorado, which seems pretty enticing uh, from an FMLS standpoint. And so I've, I've read a, a ton of... You know, if you are off Mauro Diaz now, Piotti is is a the good pivot for that one. But is there anybody else from this game that you guys like? I mean, obviously Javinko is going to be uh, on that list. But after Javinko, is uh, anybody interesting you? I think for me, I actually like Hassoun Kamara of the Impact. He's been kind of uh, one of those kind of under the radar uh, low priced defenders that has 
been able to or allowed you to free up some cash if you roster him. So other than him, I mean, I like Oduro, what he's been doing lately. He just, he's still Oduro, but with, without Drogba, he's been able to score a couple extra goals here and there. But with Drogba back, I'm probably not going to look his way. So I'd, I'd probably say maybe uh, Hassoun Kamara and maybe Evan Bush in a tournament. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like Evan Bush a lot this weekend, and I like Lucas Antivero as well if he starts. He's 3,600. He's going to get to play beside Piotti and uh, hopefully Drogba. So I don't know what more you can really ask for in a value midfielder there. Yeah, you you brought up Antivero last week, I believe. And he didn't start, right? And uh, he did not. Uh, I don't know if you said I remember you saying that he had had three shots in three straight games. Yeah, he didn't play and last then, week. Uh, correct, he didn't play last week, but it was the week, uh, the game after where you mentioned he had three, he had nine shots in three games. He had four shots and an assist. So, oh, you're trying to give me credit for uh, a good I am. call. Yes, I, I am even. giving you credit for that one. <laughs> I couldn't even take it. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's a. I like that uh, that idea. But for two teams that seem to have a lot of star power, um, I feel like we're not jumping all over their stars fantasy wise. I think that, it's to be a, yeah a, a close low scoring game most likely. So is this the week to fade Javinko then at ninety eight hundred? I don't really like him that much. I mean, obviously, I love Javinko, but in terms of like ranking, what weeks I would want to play him, this is probably towards the bottom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the matchup's definitely a lot tougher, but it's it's Giovinco. You never know when he's going to turn in one of those fifty point outbursts. So, I'm not going to say he's uh, a bad play by any means, but yeah, I mean, the matchup's definitely probably a little bit tougher than than some of the other ones that um, he's had lately. Mm-hmm. Well, let's let's move to the other four o'clock game um, because JD, uh, one guy from that game, you ranked ahead of Javinko. Uh, the game is New York City FC at Philly, and you ranked David Villa as your number one forward. Uh, at he's the third highest priced forward on the board. Uh, are you going all over him because he's your top price and he's cheaper than the other two guys? Yeah, I like David Villa a lot this week. He's not the kind of guy that I'm ever going to go all in on okay. like I would Javinko, just because he doesn't get the points in all the ways Javinko can. So I think it's kind of it's a little foolish to approach a slate and want to have David Villa, if you enter a lot of lineups, to enter him in all of those lineups. Mm-hmm. But he's a guy I'm definitely probably going to have more than 50% of this weekend. I mean, he's had seven shots in two straight. Yeah, People kind of... They're hot and cold on him just because he's had these games where everyone else scores for NYCFC but him. It seems like, I guess, the opening night's the one that still sticks out. Yes. Even though he's still doing a lot of work. Right. I still think he looks really good, and I wouldn't be surprised if the goals really start to pile on for David Villa. I I totally agree on on Villa that he clearly... It's almost weird, maybe because I'm so thrown off by the fact that Lampard hasn't played at all and Pirlo just isn't somebody who jumps out at you just the way that he plays but David Villa just seems like the perfect DP that like he he is trying as hard as he can um, and he is not only it, yes he's taking a lot of shots but he's not just taking these like senseless shots just because he thinks he's the best player on the field um, but yeah it's like I'm kind of with where we were with Kamara last week that 
he if he takes enough shots they're going to start going in and uh jd you've obviously been a fan of targeting philadelphia this season and last so this <laughs> should be the perfect matchup for him to break yeah out. that that's true yeah i think david via you're right he's kind of like the ideal designated player mm-hmm. uh, he's kind of like robbie Keane up top except he has more of the personality of a kaka yes. which is pretty much the the perfect combination of what you'd want i think yes it seems that way uh is is there any reason to consider any midfielder other and i know this is going to sound like a joke but it's not is Tommy there, Mack then Tommy Mack um that's tough for NYCFC only we're talking here um i would include both both teams well i really want i really want a piece of barnetta i think if he starts okay for Alberge who's suspended. what's that he would start for Roland Alberge right because he's suspended. Uh, like there's a spot for him. Yeah, I think that's probably the case if Ilsenio's not back. But I think Barnetta, they want to play him on the wing more. Oh, okay. Year, rather than the number 10. I'm, I mean, it's definitely a, a situation where he could play both. But I just think he, he seems like he came into this season before the injury and everyone thought he was going to have a much larger role. He was going to be a lot better acclimated to the league. So I'm willing to give him a chance. I wasn't that impressed last year. And it's not like the the free kicks are really sucking me in here that he scored, but I just think overall he's going to be a good value um, with a lot of upside. And Philly's Philly's a frisky team this year offensively, and they're not that bad defensively. So I I'd consider some of their midfielders, but on the NYCFC side, it's tough. Because would you really pay a hundred extra for mixed discrude? No. It's really I guess Pirlo uh, with the likely crosses that are at least corners because the the open play crosses are not there from Pirlo. So you're really just banking on uh, NYCFC winning a ton of corners. That's what I was thinking. That's very possible because I mean, I can see NYCFC having a ton of corners against Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Okay. And you got Skyler, you, Oh, and JD ranked CJ Sapong ninth ahead of some other guys that we've seen uh, further up the list. Do you, do you like Sapong? And I mean, you obviously like Sapong in this one. Is he Philly's best fantasy option? Yeah, I love Sapong this game. I think he's been uh, really active up top. I mean, he's even, I'd say, even putting himself into national team consideration the way that he's started the season. So, um, especially against NYCFC, like this, we saw what uh, Kamara did last week against him, just rattling off shots left and right. Um, this is a prime matchup, so he's been putting up numbers. I think he's hit double digits every game this season so far, or close to that. So, yeah, this is definitely a game, especially at $6,000 that Sapong is in play. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Uh, any goalkeepers, or do we think there are too many goals in this one? I mean, both of them are kind of save kings because their teams just get pounded. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I kind of like both. I mean, they're probably more of a tournament option, but mm-hmm. I think Saunders might be might be a guy actually using cash. Thirty three hundred's pretty good when Blake is forty two. Yeah, and it's not like it's like a a terrible road game. It's Philly's home crowd is not really opposing, and it's not like it's a long road trip. Mm-hmm. So i I think Saunders for thirty three hundred's good value, and Blake obviously has about the highest ceiling of any keeper on the slate. 
mm-hmm. as he usually does. Yeah, especially with Via rattling off shots against him too, then you know he's going to have a probably face a pretty high volume. So. Yeah, him and Evan Bush are kind of in the same same boat here because Javinka is probably going to lay a couple shots on mm-hmm. Bush as well, but Montreal's defense is good, so he could get a lot of saves. Hmm. I feel like we'd be remiss if we didn't mention uh, Ronald Matarita, who last week had one cross but still finished with 12 fantasy points. <laughs> so, um, If Chris Tierney didn't exist, Ronald Matarita would be the king of fantasy defenders. It. it starting to feel that way he's got seven shots 10 crosses and 18 tackles in the last three games yeah Um, it's like one game he'll he'll go for one cross like this past game i think the game before he had nine crosses so you don't know which category it's going to be but you know there's several different categories that he's going to contribute to so he's been solid there's actually a pretty good uh a handful of good options this game even the uh philly side of the defense fabinho keegan rosenberry I mean, yeah, they're all decent options. Yeah, the Matarita one is—it's the the game log is so weird because the the crosses are literally zero, nine, and one the last three, but he had ten, two, and six tackles. Like he's basically getting tackle enough tackles, uh, you know, as many tackles as some crossing fullbacks get crosses. So uh, you don't necessarily need the crosses from him to to make value it. I guess he's up to 4,400 now, which isn't isn't nothing, but he's still at least at 3X. Right. I think Patrick Vieira is just a very technical coach is willing to switch his the kind of game plan from match to match. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, game flow obviously is important as well because when we've seen NYCFC down, Matarita tends to get forward a lot. Right. But against Columbus this weekend, even though they were down, you can't really – get that far upfield given their dangerous wing play and how fast everybody is. So, I mean, I think Ethan Finley was going down Matarita's wing, and you can't really cheat on Finley. Right. So it, it really all depends, but he gets it done no matter what in some sort of way. So, yeah, he's a really safe option in fantasy. They were getting absolutely pounded with shots, New York City FC, so I'm not sure there was even an opportunity for him to... <laughs> to move up much um that's true i guess watching that I, watching that game i feel like it could have been 10 nothing at one point because uh columbus had all these rare you know, these very cl- uh, close misses that um including like a hundred from kai kamara that's, yeah it was all kai kamara i was ready I to see, just yeah this is why i can't recommend fading kai kamara to anybody because like he just still gets so many chances and on any given week, there's a good chance one's going to go in, but mm-hmm. one of these weeks soon, probably many are going to go in for Kai Kamara. Mm. The box score is telling me that New York City outshot them and uh, had more possession, and I simply, I can't believe that <laughs> for for what I watched. I can't that, possibly. Be all right. that matters from this game is that uh, Justin Merrim took his chances and, and scored them, so JD's on his way to Vancouver for that <laughs> differential pick. That was a very good differential pick. Thanks. I actually tweeted before the game that I didn't have the balls to play Finley, but I liked him as well. And I mm. think he did pretty good. Nice call. Nice call. Uh, up next, 530 Eastern, uh, New England at DC United. What what are the revolu- revolution doing? Um, because it seems like 
maybe Charlie Davies is still a little banged up. Um, Juan Agudelo was hurt or is hurt. He had a little bit of a hamstring. I haven't heard a, a final thing on whether he's going to be back. But Teal Bunbury doesn't give me much. I realize he scored last week, but uh, it just seems like when they don't have Davies up front, then uh, you could fade Lee Win too. Uh, I'm not. I don't want to give too much credit to that penalty he he got at the end because, um, well, whether it was a penalty or not, but um, <laughs> it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I have no reason to to be uh, bashful about it. It was definitely not a penalty, but he got the penalty kick for it. So uh, fantasy points for all those who picked him. But uh, it just doesn't seem like they have that strong of attack without Davies or Agadella. Am I? Am I? simplifying it too much i think you need to separate uh the fantasy world from the reality okay world because i've been critical about them starting teal bunbury up top too but i think that's with fantasy kind of colored glasses on teal bunbury lets them do a lot more things especially on the road they're kind of a, a better defensive team and when charlie davies is up top your offense is a little more one-dimensional um, he's not as good at defending as Teal Bunbury is, kind of hassling the the opposing defenders and defensive midfielders in possession. So at, when Davies is in, it kind of just feels like they're tyrannies crossing, wins trying to do things, but they're focusing on wins, so they shut him down. And then it's up to Davies to, to get a goal. And I don't think they're going to reach their full potential just by relying on Charlie Davies all year. Mm-hmm. So maybe they're just trying to to become a diverse team tactically. I don't know. Hmm. Hmm. Skyler, how do you read the revolution? Uh, as far as fantasy goes, and uh, Tierney is probably about the only guy that I'll I would consider to roster, other than maybe Lee Win at the price. But I just I don't uh, I don't like any of their forward options. I mean, maybe if the matchup's right, but. I uh, just don't feel like going there, especially, uh, I mean, I guess DC is not a bad matchup, but it's just Tierney and, and Win for me are really the only options that I look at. Okay. And from the DC side, um, it seems like Patrick Nyarko's price, well, it not seems, it is going up. He's not really doing a whole lot, but um, you obviously like Espindola. Um, you have been you've been on him for a few weeks. Do you like him just as much this week? Yeah, absolutely. I like him pretty much any week. He's healthy and has the potential to go full 90. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, 47 points two weeks ago. That's just, <laughs> that's if you didn't have him, then you weren't, uh, I mean, you, you would maybe cash, but you weren't in the top of the leaderboard taking home the big prizes. So that for me is, is the upside that he brings. Um, you know he's not he's not one of the forwards that's just going to score a goal or two and 20 to 30 points when he goes off and he really goes off so that's what i like about him that's why i always rank him so high is cuz he's taken lots of shots taken swinging lots of crosses and then if he actually scores one one or two goals then that point total jumps up pretty quick so yeah definitely always on the on the fobby bandwagon whenever he's playing I think Taylor Kemp is starting to kind of tear the corner kick opportunities from a spindle's grasp. 
Kemp has been. Well, he hasn't really been taken very many. Yeah, uh, not, uh, Nagel and Kemp have both been taken most of them. Kemp really has one of the most dangerous left feet in the league, along with Tierney. I think. I mean, it's unreal how good Kemp is at crossing. He's probably a better actual crosser than Tierney. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I consider Kemp like a poor man's Tierney. I mean, he pretty much does everything that Tierney does, but maybe just not quite the same volume as Tierney does. But he's got got the same ability. I mean, he takes some set pieces. He gets up into the attack on the wing and swings and crosses from open play. So he's a poor man's Tierney for me. It would probably help if he wasn't on D.C. United. Right. Uh, is there a clean sheet opportunity for either side here? Yeah, both. Yeah, I was going to say that. I mean, there's a three more points for Taylor Kemp. <laughs> I mean, both both attacks are not good. Yeah. Yeah, I mean. I... And both defenses are good. Are they good? Are they? Well, yeah. Okay. I think the Revs have been kind of a little underrated this year as, in, as a team entirely, both attacking and defending. Mm-hmm. I think every time they go on the road, they still have a, a solid showing. I mean, last week in Portland, that was an exciting game. I mean, it ended kind of, well, it ended excitingly, but in a way that I don't think anyone wanted with the, the two bad calls. But right. um, You mean Orlando? Yeah. Right. What did I say? Portland. Oh. You got Portland on the mind. <laughs> Orlando. <laughs> so, a very strange game, but I think New England's kind of competitive almost every week. I think I'm just still thrown off by when they got pasted by Houston and then came back or what was that 3-3 right yeah yeah on the road on the they road tied yeah. Them 3-3 yeah yeah hmm. Houston's right. really turned out to suck right are we talking about that one next but that was just about to say you let us right into it yeah Houston at Columbus um, professional segue perfect perfect the and it's not like Houston's drastically different it's not like all of their players are hurt or on international duty it's did they just figure out who they actually are? Yeah, I mean, our sample size when we thought they were, or people thought they were good, was like two games. So. <laughs> yeah, it was like 11 goals, though, in three games or something. I mean, it's not like... <laughs> yeah, and they had one win, right? <laughs> I think it was one win, yeah. That's pretty bad. Uh, however, that being said, I'm yeah, pretty you know, sure... there's going to be several other teams that... What were we saying, Skyler? I was chiming in. There's going to be several other other teams that have runs of games just as impressive. So just that it was that early season um, recency bias that it was it was the dynamo. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be times where Toronto goes on a run and scores 11 goals in three games, or or I mean, you know, any team really. So it's going to happen. It seems like uh, we were giving a lot of attention to. Uh, Maidana and Miranda early on uh, are we undercutting Giles Barnes a little bit uh, Skylar you have him ranked sixth amongst your uh, midfielders this week and JD I'm not sure you even oh no there you are you have him at seven uh, is he the best option for Houston right now is he yeah. always the best option after Cuba Torres obviously <laughs> obviously Um, Yeah, he's he's getting it done in, like, all kinds of ways. He crosses, he draws fouls, he shoots. He's definitely their most dynamic player. 
Um, Will Bruin doesn't really give him a run for the money in the dynamism department. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I mean, their whole <laughs> offense works better when Giles Barnes is playing. Uh, Maidana's kind of a nice um, accompanying piece, and Bruin can, can put the ball in from the top. Wenger does all the work on the other side. It's a capable attack, but it's, I wouldn't say it's a, one of the better ones in the league. Mm-hmm. If I play anyone, it's definitely Giles Barnes, though. Right. Do you like him in this matchup specifically? I don't hate him, but I just I'm I don't know what I think Houston's going to do on the road. They feel like a team that's just going to hope for a point. They kind of have that mentality with Owen Coyle. It doesn't seem like they go on the road and really go for it. Mm-hmm. So against an attack like Columbus, I think maybe. Oh, it's tough because Giles Barnes isn't a guy you can kind of rein in that much, but it's not my favorite matchup for him. Let's put it that way. Okay. Skylar, do you think we get any value out of Houston this week? Yeah, I think uh, Barnes is the guy that brings the value. He's 6,300, so he's got uh... – sorry for the background noise here, guys. <laughs> um so yeah, I mean, I just I feel like at that price, then he's probably he probably is the most dynamic player in the attack. So um, for me, then Barnes against Columbus, who even NYCFC had a little bit of their way with. I think you mentioned some of the stats that were a little bit eye eye raising. Um, I think Houston can give Columbus a game and, and score some goals, and I think Barnes will definitely be involved. Mm, okay. Wow, one of the trademark Skyler gut call. That's right. That's right. I just I just <laughs> built a dynamo stack because of it. Yeah, it's not <laughs> So you got Will Bruin and That's Giles right. Barnes, right? That's right. Maidana, I got them all. I'll throw well, DeMarcus yeah, Beasley in just... win, but calling some goals from the dynamo side. And uh JD, do you like Justin Miram again this week? You have you guys uh have Iguain pretty high in your rankings, which is understandable, but um yeah, I like Miram this week. Yeah. He's always been a dangerous player. It's just a matter of how much he can get involved when there's so many other good pieces there. And the nice thing about Miram is he's just a, a cheap option if you want a piece of that attack. So, I mean, going into last week, it's not like I, I picked Miram out and said, hey, he's poised to have a, a huge game. It was just he's a guy that fits in my lineup, and I like the Columbus attack. Mm -hmm. So he's still at a price where that's kind of the mentality you can have with him. And Houston's one of the worst defensive teams in the league, so don't be shy taking multiple Columbus players this weekend. But it's – well, I guess it's not. I was going to say, is it really just the front four of Kamara, Iguain, Finley, and Miram? But you would take a fool and – He could be hurt. Oh, a fool? I think he's questionable. Okay. Yeah. Not that you should have known that. I just saw it a couple minutes before we started. But <laughs> I mean, Waylon Francis is okay on the other side, but he's 4,500, which seems like a, a lot for a fullback that's not the most consistent. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe this is the week they give some of their other options on the wing a, a chance. I don't know. Emil Larson's been waiting to get on the field. Promising player. They have Cedric. So... Who knows? It sounds like the thinking we had every week with Chris Cludie last season. Maybe this yeah, will be his week. They're like one of the deeper teams, but they just they have a set starting lineup and they like to stick with it, which mm-hmm. is fine. I mean, if it's not broke, don't fix it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, next up is Seattle at Colorado. Um, 
Colorado's a team I feel like I've gotten wrong this entire season. Uh, I'm I'm still not sure what to make of them. Uh, if you this this isn't the case now, but JD, if if like Philly was playing at Colorado, and you're like, all right, I need to focus on Colorado. Who's the first guy that you put in a lineup? Is it Marco Papa, who is now out for possibly four weeks, or is it? I assume it's not Kevin Doyle, knowing you. No, it's not Kevin Doyle. It's <laughs> uh, it's probably Gashi. Okay. But also, I mean, Jermaine Jones at thirty four hundred after last week. How how can't we? Won some of him this weekend. Yes. Uh, he, yeah, he's playing like a number 10. It's crazy. Yeah, and I think a lot of the Twitter sphere was hilarious after that lineup was announced, just abusing Mastroeni for putting Jones in the 10, saying, what the heck kind of lineup is this? And it worked perfectly. I mean... It worked perfectly. Mast- yeah, I mean, Mastroeni kind of is bound to get one right every now and then, like every blind squirrel finds an acorn once in a while. <laughs> but... um Credit to Master Rennie for just letting Jermaine Jones do his thing, go wherever he wanted. Uh, sometimes it was still comical because I, I think when I watch Jermaine Jones play soccer, it's comical in general because he, he just kind of runs around with reckless abandon sometimes. Totally. And then like a minute later, he'll just be like walking and the ball will be like flying right past him. <laughs> so, But he was really motivated last weekend and I think he he could take Colorado to the next level and the next level for them is like a, a solid playoff spot. Mm-hmm. He seems like the kind of guy who you could think that you're about to get 10 points out of him, but then he commits four fouls and gets and a, a yellow card. card. Or a red, yeah, and then, and then all of a sudden it's zero. Um, well, he's not going to touch a ref anymore, I don't think. I mean, not Luis Suarez to... wasn't going to bite somebody out again, <laughs> and then all of a sudden. <laughs> so. Well, he doesn't want to risk his career in Germany that's – has so many suitors. Right, right. Um, okay, so Gashi and Jones, is there is there really anybody else worth considering, Skyler, from Colorado? Let's see, from the Rapids, Selignac. maybe. Uh, yes, Lignac's actually uh, come into play somewhat based on his price, and just, I think, uh, I guess Doyle's out injured, so Selignac's gotten a little bit more run. Four straight with double-digit points. Yeah, so if you look at his game log, then he's definitely uh, worth a shot. And maybe they give Baji a, a start since they've been starting Selenyak for a while. Baji's a good player as well, scored a goal this past weekend. So he's a he's a young kid they like a lot at forward too. Mm-hmm. And speaking of young kids that they should like a lot, how about some Dylan Cerna love? Ugh. They got to get him on the field. That yeah, kid's so good. Mm-hmm. Did he, he started at... Uh, one of the fullback spots, yeah, two weeks ago. Right. Or last two games ago. Yeah, and he had the, I guess it wasn't counted as an assist, but it was a rifle off the crossbar from like 25 yards out. Right, right. That one created a goal more than some of the assists that we see get credited. But uh, So then uh, Seattle, does it start with the even shits and just go from there? Yeah, I think Evenshitz has overtaken Dempsey in terms of midfielders I want to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's He's kind of so good. Yeah, it's kind of been that way for a while, but just like the the name factor and maybe the explosiveness of Clint Dempsey's kind of kept us. Uh, I mean, I've been playing Evenshitz a lot more, but if I wanted like a big tournament difference maker, Dempsey was kind of always in the discussion. 
But I mean, even shits is just better. <laughs> He's at fifty nine hundred now. Uh, his price just goes up every single week. Uh, I mean, he really should be in this in the Dempsey range, right? He should yeah, be a thousand bucks more than he is. Yeah, he should probably be in like the top seven midfield in terms of pricing. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm looking. Dempsey's yeah. at sixty seven, and Iguain's at sixty nine. I mean, I feel like even should should be in that area. Definitely, and Ethan Finley yeah. can trade prices with him. Right. <laughs> yeah, and the thing about even shits too is that um, most good players out there have picked up on that. He's going to be a consistent source source of points, so he's pretty much a must play at this point, just because almost everybody else um, in that top tier is going to have him. So there's definitely still guys out there that aren't playing him, and so far that hasn't panned out, but. Maybe there's going to be that weekend where he shows up and hits single digits one weekend, but I don't think you should be taking a chance. I think he's pretty much a must-play at that price point right now. Yeah, I think I I might have the reputation of kind of being the the guy that wants to just go out and be different with a lineup or two and not play the guy everyone else is playing. I've never been at that point with even shits yet. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the... The crosses uh, alone are, are pretty impressive, but he takes a, a fair number of shots for kind of what his role is. And then um, he's took six shots in the last two games. Five of them are on target, uh, and he has two assists. So, I mean, he's totally putting it together. But um, I noticed a name on the rankings this week that I was unprepared to see. I'm trying to, Joe is, Mo. Jo- yeah, Jordan Morris. Um uh, JD, you have him ahead of Will Bruin and Kyle Laren, one of which I was surprised about. Um, <laughs> the Skyler, you have uh, you have him much lower at at nineteen. Coincidentally, also ahead of Will Bruin. Bruin. Once uh, again, every week this year, I think I've had Will Bruin higher than Skyler. Yep. But if you listened to us talk and then guessed what the rankings would be, that's not the case at all. You're definitely the president of the Will Bruin fan club this year, um, <laughs> which is a nice turnaround. But... Oh, I hate myself. <laughs> but what is it about Jordan Morris that, that you like, uh, J.D.? Is it the matchup last... at Colorado? or yeah, His, his last, last game. game. Yeah. yeah, his last game, he looked strong from start to finish. I mean, he, he was more confident. He was playing more direct. They were giving him better service. And he can just muscle people off the ball. When he learns how to really use his body like a veteran, I mean, he's going to be something else. Mm-hmm. I've I've kind of leaned towards him being a little overrated just in terms of where we think he's going to be in his career. But he showed a lot of glimpses of where people think he can go this past weekend. And if they start him up top again this weekend, I like him a lot. Yeah, it was a nice finish that he had, kind of a little flick on the run. He should have had... Several more goals, I think. Maybe not should have, but there were chances for multiple more. Um, he probably, I think one that sticks in my mind, there was some sort of breakaway chance and he got caught, and I was pretty upset. It was before he scored the first time, and I did have him in a couple lineups. So, Skylar, what are you seeing from Jordan Morris that makes you rank him now as opposed to a few weeks ago? Uh, a little bit of what JD said with his goal over the past weekend. So I think he's uh, maybe getting a little bit more responsibility in the attack. Maybe he's getting over that rookie curve. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
seems like maybe he's starting to be a little bit more active and involved in the attack. So he's worthy of a ranking. I'm not. I probably wouldn't play him this week. I mean, maybe a tournament long shot play, but. Um, and then back to Will Bruin, heard uh, JD hyping him up again over there, like he has been all season long <laughs> on the on the uh, Will Bruin bandwagon. But I still like Bruin. I just he's not not getting it done lately. You look at his game log; it's been really weak. And he's the type of player that'll definitely uh, chime in with a couple of goals. But I'm just, and maybe this is a game against the crew. Then he's going to have some opportunities. But I just, he's still not up in that top tier for me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you like Stephen Fry on the road? Actually, no. Okay, because he's pretty I, cheap. It's yeah, for his price, he's a he's an okay play, but. I don't think you can say, oh, it's Colorado and it's Seattle, so Seattle's gonna gonna dominate them even though they're on the road. Okay. I think this is a, this is a game that feels like Colorado's just gonna take it and kind of announce that they're they're really a competitor this year. Okay. Probably from Jermaine Jones himself. Yeah, it's the two most unlikable players for the US national team pitted <laughs> against each other. <laughs> I think Dempsey's a little more likable than than that. Than Jermaine Jones, yes, but I just I don't think they're the two most disliked. Oh well, who's sense. the other most least likable? Um, I think there are enough players who like shouldn't be there that people don't like. <laughs> Timothy Chandler, I think, gets plenty more okay, scoring. Yeah, that's Clint for a Dempsey. different reason than that he's unlikable. Right, that that's probably fair. That's probably fair. All right, moving on. Dallas visiting Vancouver. Mauro Diaz is going to Vancouver, just like JD. And he might play. Um, I gave you guys a little bit of a ribbing for ranking him so highly because uh, we did, weren't sure he was going to play, but he's apparently going to give it a go, or at least he's going to go to Vancouver. Um, he obviously is very uh, high on your rankings uh, if he plays. And would you guys make the call for your FMLS team to take him? Probably not to make to make <laughs> a move in for him. Probably not a uh, single transfer. I um I don't really know what's going on with my FMLS team this week, so it it kind of feels like it might be wild card season. Wow! Just because I have many injuries. Oh okay. I have Matt Hedges, Marco Papa, um, who's the other big midfielder everyone just had that got hurt. Valeri's suspended. Yeah, right. Valeri, well... Well, he's off and then suspended, yeah. Exactly. So this is an interesting week for me. I might bring in Diaz if I wildcard. I I really think you have to treat Diaz this week. If he starts, you have to treat him like he hasn't been out. Because I don't think they would start him if he weren't ready. Mm -hmm. And even a a kind of hurt Mario Diaz is going to be fine for fantasy purposes. Okay. So at Vancouver doesn't worry you at all? No. Okay. Um, who else from Dallas would you like at Vancouver? Um, like the regular Barrios or Rudy Castillo? Yeah, I, th- I, mean. I think Barrios is a guy that I'd, I'd put about where I we usually take him. I think Rudy is getting a little bit pricey mm-hmm. for my liking. Castillo is another guy that's a little bit too inconsistent for, for my liking in terms of his price. 
Um, so, it, I mean, all season I've kind of been going with cheap or Rudy and then Diaz or Berrios, but excuse me, Arudi's gone up and Diaz is just, Diaz is head and shoulders above everybody. I like Tesho if he gets the start up top, but I doubt he will. So then it's, who do you want on the, the Dallas defense if you want any of those guys? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Skyler, who do you like from the Vancouver side? Anybody? Yeah, I do. I like Alcid. Um That's probably the main, one of the main drawbacks about Diaz this week for me. He is my number one midfielder, but I just, the, the Caps and uh, David Alcid are so strong at home. I think they've had two straight clean sheet wins against the Galaxy and the Dynamo. So I don't know what if it's just them playing at home or if it's just, you know, coincidental, but they seem to pick it up when they are at home. So I actually think it's going to be a pretty tough matchup for Dallas. So I like Alcid and I like um, Christian Christian Takera from the Whitecaps. Um, and I think Blas Perez could be a sneaky play. Got the revenge factor going. So if you're looking for a sneaky, cheap tournament differential, then I think Perez could be the guy. And in terms of revenge games, this is like the revenge game to end all revenge games. <laughs> for Blas like, Perez. Well, Blas Perez is like one of the angriest people to ever step on a soccer field <laughs> in the MLS. So, yeah, I mean, if you want someone that's definitely fitting the revenge game theme i mean it's blas perez he like <laughs> setting lives... up just perfect yeah it seems like he lives for revenge so <laughs> okay <laughs> okay um i Ox- can't wait until he scores and he's gonna dance around the field with his little bullhorn celebration he does it's gonna be <laughs> he gets so happy but angry at the same time when he does it yeah just watch and see <laughs> okay Okay. And Nomad Hedges, like I just said. So that's uh, their best defenders out. Right, right. Um, <laughs> Octavio Rivero, anybody? I think that every Vancouver fan wants them to bench Rivero. Yeah. But if, if he starts, I'll consider it just because he continues to get opportunities. He's just been really bad lately at converting them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm probably shying away from him just based on his form kind of in line with bwp like you know he's on the verge of a breakout it's just are you gonna keep rolling the dice and he's gonna come back with zero return for you pretty much mm-hmm. i mean he's still there's still both of them are still putting up points just not enough to to uh pay off the salary that you're paying for him so i'd actually maybe look towards kakuta mane before oh, i was just about to Guerrero. bring him up yeah, um, Mane had a pretty decent game last game. Other than this past game, he really hasn't done too much, but maybe it's a sign of things that come. Um, he's definitely an explosive player, and I don't know. It's a tough matchup for him, but I could see Mane having a good game. Yeah, Mane had 10 points last week and 7 the week before in 45 minutes. So, you know, the, the per-minute stats are, are decent for him if he if he gets the playing time. Do you guys... Uh, feel like Chris Seitz has this job to himself now? Or is it every week it could be Jesse Gonzalez that pops back in for Dallas? No, I, I, think think, so. I think it's Seitz to lose at this point. Oh, I was just going to say, I think Jesse Gonzalez is going to get it back. Oh, okay. <laughs> he was no. out last weekend because he was with the Mexican national team again. 
I think they wanted to kind of get him in the week before, but it just didn't happen that way. And it's not like Seitz has been standing on his head. I mean, they've been letting in goals. So, yeah, he's been doing good. He's made some good saves. So, I, don't I mean, know he hasn't that... had a clean sheet in four games, and three of those were at home. Mm-hmm. So, it's, I mean, he's been fine. He's probably been better than fine. But Jesse Gonzalez last year looked like one of the best keepers in the league. So, I have a really hard time thinking you don't at least mix him in moving forward and then let him retake the job. Like, if you, you can't let Jesse Gonzalez sit on the bench for months at a time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's gonna, I agree. He's going mean, to get matches. The, yeah, he's the best best goalkeeper in Dallas for sure. Um, I just it, it seems like maybe Seitz is a little bit more a little bit of momentum right now and maybe Dallas is kind of letting him uh, ride that out. And then, yeah, I, I mean, I agree. I think you definitely got to work Gonzalez back in at some point and get him mixed in. Just feels like that Sites has done just enough to kind of keep the job for now. Right. Yeah. Maybe they'll rotate Gonzalez in uh, next home game. So maybe, I mean, maybe a road game Sites has been playing well, leave him in this weekend. Okay. Okay. Uh, the last game of the Saturday slate is RSL at the Galaxy. JD, did you want to share with our listeners what the uh, goal odds were that you were looking up earlier? Yeah, so Vegas loves this game for the Galaxy. They think uh, out of the, the goal-scoring scenarios, the Galaxy are more likely to score three or more than they are to score two goals, than they are to score one goal, and than they are to score zero goals. And, I mean, the odds are plus 500 to score zero and only plus 170 to score three, which is absurd. So I think their expected total is like almost uh, two or Mm -hmm. it's around 1.9, which feels like a lot. I know RSL is not the best defensively. Uh, They're probably not going to have Jao Plata. They will will not have him. Okay, they will not have Jao Plata. Uh, they scored four last weekend, but that's against another bad team, and RSL hasn't lost yet. So I think three goals is possible from L.A., but, I mean, th- those odds are insane. There's talk that Jordan Allen is going to get a little more playing time up front because of Plata's absence. Um, On the wing. Right. Yeah. Um, I... I feel like every time I play Jordan Allen, he scores like two fantasy points. Is there any reason to think Plata's absence and his playing time on the wing will allow more? Uh, yeah, I think you're right that Jordan Allen, even when he was playing in the number 10 role, yeah. he was getting he was averaging probably like three points, which was terrible. But I never felt bad about it because he was a like $3,000 defender. Right. So as long as he's still that, I'm probably just going to keep putting him into my lineup because the the upside's there. Mm-hmm. And the downside is, well, I probably would have just picked another $3,000 defender that wasn't that good anyway. Because <laughs> realistically, yeah. there's not very many good defenders in that range. Right. Or cheaper. Yep. I agree. I've said it before. It's kind of a mental thing for me that I, when a guy is playing out of position like that, if he's if it's a defender playing as a true forward, then it's just kind of like you're getting an extra forward slot on your roster. So why not? Um, especially in tournaments, maybe not as much in cash, but 
definitely try to squeeze in as much attacking firepower as I can, and that's kind of the perfect scenario is when a defender sets up as a forward. So, you know, he hasn't been producing this season, but I think last season he had a couple of big games that gave us something to go off of. So I'm definitely willing to roll Jordan Allen out again. And um, aside from that, I'm excited to see Javi Mo back. I think he's supposedly back to full health too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Javi Mo is going to just make Gerard look like a clown in the midfield. <laughs> I mean, if yeah, Gerard could play in the in the Premier League like a year ago, Javi Mo definitely could have. Yep, and it's it's the uh, a good setup too for him to come back to with Plata being gone. Not not that I'm excited about Plata being gone, but it just gives Morales a bigger upside because he'll definitely be on all the corner kicks and set pieces, which Plata has been on lately. Penalty kicks will be, hopefully it will be Javier Morales mm-hmm. if they get one. Um, and his price is pretty is pretty reasonable, I think, mainly just because he's been in and out of the lineup with injury and stuff. So I really like Morales this week. Um, not the best matchup for Salt Lake, but they've been doing really good. Yeah, I think this is a, a terrible matchup. I mean, I kind of abused the odds in terms of L.A.'s goal scoring, but... Without Plata, Movsisian has not been exciting, and he's not really stretching a defense. Mm-hmm. Burrito kind of feels like a guy that you need other people to maybe take some attention away. Like, he doesn't feel like a guy that's going to do it all himself or carry an offense. He feels like kind of a, a complimentary piece, albeit a, a great one, as we saw this past week. Um, and then Jordan Allen on the w- wing might be just more of a kind of an energy guy to to help defensively. So I think RSL kind of goes for a point, definitely doesn't plan to be close to earning three and probably loses. So I don't know how much I like their attack this week, Hmm. including Javier Morales, who I love. Right. So who do you guys like on the Galaxy side? Dos Santos. Mm -hmm. I mean, he had an awesome week last weekend. Keane's still not back to cramp his style. Um, I think he's a player that runs on confidence a lot. So 7,300, he's my top midfielder this week. What about those who want to pay down for Mike McGee? Yeah, McGee, maybe both, perhaps. Yeah, yeah I like both. Uh, definitely, I think uh, Dos Santos is going to continue to benefit with Keane being out. And then I like McGee, too. I mean, McGee, it seems like he's still on corner kick duty, even with Dos Santos back, so. Yeah. The, um, I feel like this is another Gaiasi's artist uh, possibility. I mean, 5,100 is, like, reasonable for him, but uh, I just wish there were more of everything across the stat sheet than hoping for the two-shot, one-goal game that, is really the only way that he can pay it off or I mean are, are you guys seeing anything where we may expect you know more crosses from him or I mean he's he's not going to all of a sudden pick up 10 tackles in a game so no I mean he's he's kind of going to play as their target forward right now with Keen being out and Dos Santos floating kind of right behind him in more of a kind of a free number 10 type of deal so Zardis is okay the goal he scored last weekend is kind of interesting when we think about this weekend because he just kind of got wide open. The center defense just kind of ignored him, and he just he ran onto a nice cross, and he had a nice finish. Yeah. But 
that seems like the type of thing Zardis needs to do. He needs to rein himself in and just make smart runs behind the defense and hope he gets the ball. Mm-hmm. Now, whether he's going to is a, is another question because it it's just tough to read L.A. sometimes. Gerard, for all the great balls he, he completes, like the assist last week, I think he tries a lot more. I think his highlight passes that everyone gives him credit for are just because he he tries so much <laughs> like Pirlo I think is is a much more consistently good passer Gerard is just a at this point in his career he's just ambitious and hopes that a couple of them work mm-hmm. which is I guess fine but it's not that fun to watch for me um so I mean McGee is kind of the guy you're trusting to give Zardis service at this point and he's pretty good at it right Right. Yeah, and you got to factor in McGee's price point too. I think he's still he's like forty six hundred. Forty six, yeah. Yeah, and he's gonna get some opportunities playing in the Galaxy attack. Only thing I don't like is that he came off in the sixty seventh minute uh, last week, so that's always a possibility is that his playing time might be, you know, about the seventieth seventieth minute cap or something like that. But I actually do like Gerard this week too. I mean, he's sixty one hundred, which isn't absurd, um, and he had eight interceptions last game against Houston, ended up with 16 points on the night. Um, so uh, he's a guy that could be a, a sneaky play. If Gerard gets eight interceptions in another game this year, I'll play Will Bruin in the, the $100 uh, entry <laughs> fee thing. I think what we were waiting to hear is if Gerard gets eight interceptions this week, Skyler's going to Portland with, or Vancouver with you. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. What do yeah. I get out of that deal other than bringing Skylar with me, which right. would be fun. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know about that. Sorry. Uh, the worst part is that the eight interceptions is only worth four points. It's true. Um, all right. That's that's the Saturday slate. Um, let's move on to Sunday. I think we're going a little long here, but that's kind of what we do anyway. So um, we have two games, so we can kind of talk about them together because uh, it's difficult to – talk about prices without knowing but it's uh san jose hosting sporting kansas city and the red bulls hosting orlando city uh how much do you guys put into prior matchups i was uh reading today that kyle laren has been cleared to play 90 minutes and he bagged a hat trick against the red bulls last year is that does that give you any more confidence in him this week or does that really just not matter because that was last year and this is this year uh, it doesn't matter that much to me. I think for me, it's it, it actually plays a little bit of a, a role, like it's in the back of my mind, but I'm not basing my play completely on that. Like, he's actually, uh, speaking of Laren in specific, he's had an insane uh, record at, at New York, including at New York City FC. I, mean, I think he's scored a, two hat tricks or something. You're playing against season. each, yeah. Yeah, one against each, and then I think he scored again in his first game against NYCFC this season. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he's got three goals in his last two games against NYCFC and then a hat-trick yeah, against the Red Bulls. But uh, this slate is kind of uh, weird. I mean, two-game slates are always pretty weird, but um, I feel like you could almost fit in all of the high-priced options that you want uh, if – if you're willing to kind of take one side of each game, uh, Casey obviously has some, has more 
uh, upper tier options than San Jose does. But uh, I'm kind of personally, I think, going with this whole San Jose is a, a much better team at home. Not necessarily much better than uh, Kansas City, but they're just much better at home in that maybe I will just fade uh, SKC this weekend. Am I crazy, JD? At least for that? I don't think you're crazy for that, no. Um, Sporting Kansas City's been a really tough team to kind of nail down in terms of fantasy value this year. Um, You think they're going to have a good game, then they go out and no one really does. Uh, you think maybe this isn't their match, and then they go out and have a, a solid round. So um, I I still haven't really mastered the, the art of figuring out what Kansas City's going to do. And I think what it comes down to is they're just a, an average offensive team for fantasy purposes. Mm-hmm. And San Jose just so happens to be a pretty good team for defensive purposes. Mm-hmm. Scott, do you feel the same way about that, or do you are you more confident in in Kansas City? Uh, for the most part, I feel the same way. I mean, I think JD is kind of spot on. I don't think they've shown me anything uh, super special at this point in the season. They've definitely got a collection of some good players at pretty much every position. So they're going to be a team that's uh, probably going to make a run into the season at MLS Cup. But right now, I don't. I just I don't think that they're showing as much as they have and on the Red Bull side it looks like they're going to get a few players back one of them is Gonzalo Verón who hasn't played since he pulled his hamstring in the opener Um, he's midfield eligible uh, he's 3500 he basically would play kind of up front with BWP do you guys, if he starts, do you guys like him? I mean, I guess it's a two-game slate, so it's tough to to really find a bunch of alternatives. But what are your thoughts on Verone coming back from injury like this? I'm really high on Verone this year, so I'm going to enjoy his low price while it lasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I, It is a little concerning that it's his first game back, but it feels like they held him out long enough that he was going to be healthy. Like, there's no reason to rush him back. Right. I don't think the Red Bulls are in panic mode yet, even though some people want them to be, um, just for storyline purposes during a kind of boring time of the season. But, um, yeah, Verone's a great play. I think he's going to be a really exciting player in this league. Mm -hmm. I'm on board with Verone, too. He's uh, listed as a midfielder, which he, again, will probably be playing higher up the field. And at 3,500, he's a guy that can definitely free up a lot of cash to spend elsewhere so if he starts on a two-game slate then yeah he's he's definitely in some lineups another guy who is midfield eligible and pretty cheap is julio baptista who uh, started last week when laren was uh, out or excuse me when laren was on the bench and then when laren came in baptista actually stayed in the game uh, and the possibility of the two of them playing together I mean, Baptista at 3,000, I got very excited because I played him like a lot of people did last week because (laughs) he was starting. He drew that penalty 13 seconds in, and I thought to myself, "This, you know, he's going to be a beast. He is a beast. He is a beast. Well, Uh, that's his nickname, Right, right. Not exactly, exactly, exactly (laughs) a a fantasy. He took one (laughs) shot, he won a tackle, and he drew one more foul the entire rest of the 89 minutes and – uh, 43 seconds so or 47 seconds uh, 
at three thousand though, if he starts, you can't not pick him, right? Yeah, I agree. Because then <laughs> you pretty much can buy three and a half. Elite, you can do four. You can do four options, depending yeah, where your be... line, where your line ends. Um, I've got one lineup here that is basically very top heavy, but it's Kaká, Laren, Wando, and either Kledgeton or BWP. Um, yeah, I just threw in together that's Zusi, BWP, Wando, and Kledgeton. Mm-hmm. And then so I like, guess we have to use Bingham in goal, correct? Correct. <laughs> Which is uh, fine. If you're not starting Dom Dwyer, then I think Bingham's a, a good play. Right, right. My, the Why lineup is... I made with actually doesn't have a single Kansas City player in it. Oh, wow. Why is Bingham 2,800 at home? He was 2,800 last week also. Yeah, um, but usually they but adjust he was on the road. Him. You're right. <laughs> Oh, he had yeah, got negative points. Yeah, well, he yeah. picked up a red card. Yeah, he, well, he got if, smoked, but still, yeah. it's a weird, it's a weird price. Um, I had so much Bingham last weekend. Like everyone might think that I had a great weekend because I won the <laughs> the trip. Which I mean, it was a great weekend because I won the trip. But in terms of most of my other lineups, Bingham's negative three hurt a yeah, lot for sure. It, I mean, Joe Bendick is four hundred dollars more on the road than Bingham. I mean, maybe they just love Kansas City that much. Maybe. I mean, box score watchers are going to love Bendick this week because he's playing a Red Bulls team that can't seem to get it together. Right. Right. This is probably a, a good week to bet on the Red Bulls if you've been waiting for it. Just my opinion. Mm-hmm. Well, with I your opinion, there's... would you would you prefer to do that with BWP or with Kledgeston? And both is not an option here. Uh, <laughs> if I have to pick for fantasy purposes, probably Kleshton. Mm-hmm. However, I like BWP's matchup more. It's just Kleshton's a, a safer producer of points. Yeah. BWP, you kind of want a goal. But I do think that Kleshton, I mean, Orlando's defensive midfield is probably their strongest part of the team. So, well, no, no Serino's out. Yeah, and I actually don't think he's one of their best yeah, that three defensive midfielders. Yeah. It's probably Iguita, Sarin, yeah, and Carrasco. Back. Yeah, so that that kind of hampers question a little bit, but I still think the matchup's fine for the Red Bulls. Uh, I think they're starting to feel embarrassed, which is dangerous when you're playing an embarrassed team mm-hmm. that has a lot of pride. Skyler, you feel the same way? Yeah, I do. I think New York's uh, due for a, a breakout game, and Orlando might be in a bad spot this week. Um, New York is going to have a game in the near future where they just go off and BWP's involved, questions involved. Who knows? Maybe even Lloyd Samuel will uh, chime in and remind us that he's fantasy worthy, but. I just I think that New York's on the brink, and maybe kind of like JD was saying about them being embarrassed, maybe they finally turn the turn it start turning it around with this game. So I just feels like they're in a spot where they need it, and it's going to come. So uh, I like all their options this week, really. Excellent, excellent. Actually, let me ask you about one more. Um... Sal Zizo has 11 crosses in his last two games. 
He's listed as a midfielder. I think he's lining up at one of the fullback spots. Mm-hmm. You guys like him at all at 3,700? Yeah, I do. I, I wrote him up a couple of weeks ago. Even though he's he is playing as a defender, his floor has pretty much been right at around 10. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're, when you're paying that much for a midfielder, then that's about all you can ask for. Um, maybe a little bit more than that. But if you want that almost definite like eight to ten point floor then i think that he's a fine play and he could get a little bit more involved if if the red bulls do start to score some goals Mm -hmm. yeah that's tough if you put another player's name on his uh like stats log then i'd probably be thinking ah that's a a decent value but because i know it's salzizo playing fullback uh i i haven't considered him once this year and i probably won't (laughs) moving forward I just want a little bit more upside. I mean, Zizo did used to play attacking wing in Kansas City, but that's not at all what he's playing here. Right. It's kind of like a Breck Shea role, except on the other side for a different team. Like, I mean, comparing him to like the role that Zizo once played and, and Shea once played. Oh, prior, yeah, definitely. Yeah. But not any longer. <laughs> All right. Well, on that disagreement, uh, I think that's all we got for this weekend. So, uh, guys, or JD, congratulations again on that uh, that big trip. And uh, I'm sorry to hear that Skyler and I were two and three on the list, but so be it. <laughs> we may have to win our own. Uh, next guys, time. next time. That's right. Hey guys, uh, good luck this weekend. Thanks. Good luck, guys. Good luck, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. They're going to kill the love of my life. Casey! If I don't go back to what I was doing. This Friday. Our line of work is quite brutal and quite ruthless. How far would you go for love? You steal truck, bring it to me. Then you make your money. Is it dangerous? Of course it's dangerous! Nicholas Holt, Felicity Jones, with Ben Kingsley and Anthony Hopkins. All this trouble, all this pain, for love. Collide, in theaters Friday. Rated PG-13, may be inappropriate for children under 13. Spring is in the air at Littleton Coin Company, and we want to help you brighten your collection. Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.